This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. This is episode 1S62, part 6. Part 6, folks. All right, so I'm trying to decide here if I want to go into... um, Begin this conversation on chat GPT specifically, because this is going to take us into what's under the hood, you know, what's actually making this stuff work. Um, or if we want to do more on open AI, I think we'll circle back to more in-depth discussion on open AI tomorrow. And we'll start this conversation on chat GPT now. And then I'll tell you a little bit of my experiences uh, messing around with this tech. So this is an article at context.news uh, by Adam Smith, written just a couple of weeks ago. It says, what is ChatGPT and will it steal our jobs? And it says here, uh, ChatGPT, an artificial intelligence text generator, is being hailed as the future of work, but not everyone is convinced. <clears throat> and, and, and like I said, I'll talk more about this, but I, I'm not convinced at this stage that this version of artificial intelligence that we are allowed to interact with that's part of the consumer-driven adoption campaign can replace humans. But I also know that what we're playing with is the training version. We are helping train it to get to wherever it is that DARPA and the state wants it to be. At the same time, it's serving as an adoption campaign so that folks begin to accept it. They want people to understand it. They want them to know it's here, not this version of AI from 20 years ago, 10 years ago that they heard about, uh, where there's scientists in a lab creating a brain inside of a computer that can think for them. They want people to feel it, touch it, and accept it. All right, that's the stage we're at. So can the current iteration... Uh, replace humans uh, in the context of chat GPT? No. Uh, You have to have a pretty creative mind. You have to have patience. You have to have work ethic to sit there, as you see me do with Glenda. And And that's just scratching the surface. I've done some more advanced stuff, not on camera, which I'll demonstrate in the future. But you have to know the questions to ask. You have to, if you wanted to compose a poem for you, 
or write conversations for you, or a chapter or book for you, or marketing material for you, or help you with search engine optimization, you still have to have an understanding of that industry, the lingo, the questions to ask. And the same goes for MidJourney, which is this graphics generator I spent the last few days playing around with. Um, you're still an artist. You just don't have a paintbrush or a charcoal pencil or Photoshop or a camera. You're using the AI as a tool, but you still have to be able to input the right, uh, they say it's not coding, but it's like coding through words. They call them prompts. So you still have to have an image in your head that you're trying to achieve. And the AI, it's not like it'll spin out. Let's say you put in, uh, uh, draw me a three-month-old boy with blue eyes, dark parted hair, uh, you know, wearing whatever type of clothing, standing in a forest next to a monkey with a snake slithering by its feet, right? And you have an image in your head. It doesn't mean the AI is going to push that out for you. And then you'll get four options. Maybe one's close. You click on that one. You take that one. You try to build on that one. And now let's say you just, you go, damn, I don't want blue eyes. I want green eyes. You can't say, change that character to have green eyes. It's not like if I was in Photoshop, I would just select the eyes and change them to green. You don't have that level of control over the AI at this point. Also, if you get to the point where you get this character that you envision in your mind, I don't know, some new version of Mighty Mouse in a Marvel comic style, you get to that point. Now, you can't necessarily get consistency and keep recreating that mouse in different scenes. I've tried it for hours. Kind of works, somewhat works. His shoes will change, his cape changes. So to keep it consistent is also very difficult. So designing some kind of a cool version of what you had in your head for a one-up poster uh, or a graphic on a website or something, useful. I would say useful because maybe you could come up with something in 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes that's nice and unique and uh, composed well um, versus, let's say, if you were going to sit there and work on that on, in Photoshop or Adobe Illustrator or something, it might take you a day. You could bang it out in 20, 30, 40 minutes with AI, but you're not going to go take that, duplicate that, and overnight have a comic book or have a, a, you know, a picture book or something like that. doesn't work in that way, uh, at least from the test that I ran, and I spent a lot of time testing it out because I wanted to see, okay, is this thing going to replace us? Now, as I've said, there's multiple things going on at one time here. You're running an adoption campaign to the mass public to introduce them to AI and what AI could do in a cute, neat, neat, cutesy way. You're using the people to actually further train the system for you. Uh, the technocrats are. And then on top of it, as you dumb down the public intentionally over the last 50 years, you're setting it up where the public looks at this as some kind of magical thing. Uh, It's the new God that's going to replace us. So there's multiple goals in mind here. They're running multiple sort of projects at the same time with this. All right, let's just talk about it and I'll work more of that in there. It says, ChatGPT is an AI tool that can generate human-like text. Technologists see this as a disruptor of many jobs. 
engineers and artists are pushing back against generative AI. Uh, London. A new artificial intelligence model called ChatGPT is making waves as technologists promote it as a new tool that will revolutionize how people work. The tool comes from OpenAI. We know this, a for-profit organization co-founded by Elon Musk and investor Sam Altman and backed by billions in funding from Microsoft. All right, so now we know this Microsoft backing is out there. It's in a lot of articles. They're not hiding from it. It says, some advocates predict ChatGPT will result in automating jobs away from human beings, although critics have argued that AI and robotics do not yet have the capability for that. Well, of course, the critics are saying it does not yet have the capability. All right, well, in some cases, AI and robotics are replacing humans. We're talking about in factories on assembly lines. We're talking about in grocery stores in the form of self-checkout, in the form of basically self-checkout shopping carts, self-checkout apps. We're talking about in the case of McDonald's or a bank where they have a kiosk instead of a human. So in some forms, it is. And they're saying critics have argued that it's not ready yet. Well, what about next year? What about the year after? It goes on to say, but already some schools and universities have responded by limiting or banning its use by students. Now, you also have to say to yourself, uh, I don't know, was it 10 years ago, Fiverr.com pops up, right? And all of a sudden, designers like myself, let's say, I was sitting down with a small business. They needed a new logo. I knew they wanted something extensive. And I said, all right, listen, $1,500, I'll sit down with you. I will go over your your brand, your company, everything with you. And I will draw up uh, five logos. And from that, you're going to pick two. And from the two, I'm going to draw up five new designs. And from that, you're going to pick two. And from that, I'm going to draw up three new designs. And from that, you're going to pick your logo and I'll do minor tweaks. Fiverr.com pop, uh, pops up. They start getting designers from all over the world on. So now, let's say there's a guy, let, let's just say he is as good as me, who's in uh, India. Cost of living is a 20th of here. So now, all of a sudden, I was getting $1,500. This guy will do it for All right, boom, I'm out of work. Now, imagine a Fiverr.com that is run by AI. Let's say with all the training going on, they perfect mid-journey or they perfect stable diffusion or they uh, perfect Dolly. So now for $5, somebody goes online and they're going to get the same package and AI is going to generate it. Now, to someone who's a professional, who cares about their brand, they may say, listen, I'd rather have an actual professional designer. I'd rather pay $1,500 to have this done. I'd rather sit down with this guy at his office or he comes to me, we sit down and we work on it. I don't want to just generate something through AI. Also, what if AI spits out the same image to somebody else? And now I'm walking around with a logo. Somebody else has the logo. They actually look into the copyrights. They don't know who owns it. Right? So a lot of that comes into play. But if the mass public is dumbed down, then all of those things are taken off the table. So will it put designers out of work? Yes. I think eventually it will put designers out of work. As the coders... And they told everyone over the last 10 years, you know, learn to code, 
screw your trucking job, learn to code, go to school for programming. Well, as the programmers are using the tools to write their code, that's helping generate code for them and they're fixing it as it's not working, they are training the system to write better code. Then eventually, will coders be replaced because AI can write the code? Meaning, let's just say in simple terms, I need a website. Okay, now there's multiple ways to build a site. You can do a simple site with GoDaddy. You can do a little more advanced with Wix or Squarespace. And then you could build your own from scratch using WordPress, even using uh, template and theme styles and plugins and everything else. Well, what happens if I uh, am able just to pull up a chat GPT and I go, listen, build me a website for a landscaping company. I want it to be a blue, green, and white website, really bright. I want to have grass and trees and shrubs on it. I want it to have five pages. The first page is going to be an about page. This is what it's going to say. The second page is going to be this. And all of a sudden, it just writes the code. And let's say you copy that and you plug it into your GoDaddy account, or you just hit a button that says, open um, a web hosting account right here and plug that in and boom, your website's done. Will it replace web designers? Yes. Yes, at a small scale, it'll replace web designers that build sites for small businesses, local businesses, coffee shops, things like that. People that still even use websites, which isn't even that popular anymore because most people just promote on Facebook and uh, Google Business. All right, let's continue. It says, Google owner Alphabet Inc. announced on Monday it would launch its own chatbot service called Bard and more artificial intelligence for its search engine as well as developers. Chinese tech giant Badu Inc. said on Tuesday it would complete internal testing of its own chat GPT-style project called Ernie in March. Ernie for a Chinese tech company. Uh, So what is chat GPT and is it coming for your job? It says here, how does chat GPT work? Uh, And this is why I'm glad we demoed this, because this will make more sense to you. But ChatGPT is a large language model that can generate human-like text trained on a massive data set of written works from the Internet. The program uses a deep learning technique called transformer architecture to sift through several terabytes of data that contain billions of words to create answers to prompts or questions. ChatGPT's predecessors include GPT-3, which also generates text, but has trained on a much larger set of data, which this makes ChatGPT 3 more powerful. ChatGPT is faster, more reliable of generating human-like answers and is available to the public. The bot works in the same way that AI-generated tools like Dolly, MidJourney, and Stable Diffusion do, much like how those programs create unrealistic images. ChatGPT is not always accurate. And as you can see, We proved that it's not always accurate. So using it for a research tool, you got to be very careful. And and you've got to tell your children and grandchildren, unless they're dumbed down and they're going to just accept artificial intelligence as their replacement, and it's always going to be their go-to. You know, Glenda, who was Martin Luther King? It comes back, yo, he was a black guy. You know, I don't know what it's going to say in the future, folks. I'm just saying don't rely on it as the ministry of truth because we've already proven that's not the case. Also, it obviously has limitations when writing scripts and everything else. We've proven that as well. Um, 
Uh, but, you know, that kind of stuff, eventually, that will be worked out as everyone is interacting with it. I'm guilty of it myself as I've been demoing it with you guys and demoing it on my own. So we are helping actually train the system as we are messing around with it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back to wrap up. My name is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. It says right here, what can chat GPT do? And we know uh, most of this, folks. It can write emails and essays, poetry, answer questions, or generate lines of code based on a prompt. This could be used to develop virtual assistants, which we'll get into more of that uh, tomorrow, or quickly answer customer queries. Content platform Jasper said about 80,000 clients have used its software to draft ads, emails, blogs, and other material. Marketing is one of the clearest businesses for today's chatbot, said Jill or Gil Elbaz, co-founder of 10110 Ventures, a venture capital firm. What are the limitations? ChatGPT is trained on statistical patterns and correlations and does not have an understanding of the input or output in the same way a human would. Quote, large language models have limited reliability, limited understanding, limited range, and hence need human supervision, end quote. Michael Osborne, a machine learning researcher from Oxford University, told Context, which I agree with that at this stage, yes. Yes, it needs a human to interact with. Uh, it's a tool right now, uh, but uh, that's, that's not where they want to take it, folks. goes on to say, AI tools can be prone to bias based on the data they were trained with and a lack of transparency about that training makes it difficult to tell how the bot came to a conclusion. All right, so it's not going to tell you uh, this is where I sourced all my information from. The EU Agency for Fundamental Rights has warned that algorithms based on bad data could cause harm and that safeguards should be in place to mitigating bias and discrimination. This is exacerbated when the bot produces false information that it presents as factual, otherwise known as a hallucination. Last year, Meta warned users that its Blender Bot 3 chatbot can make false or contradictory statements, misremember details, and forget that they are a bot. Now, it's important because even uh, today, let me just open this back up. I think it was a question I had asked in the beginning, uh, asking Glenda about how uh, artificial intelligence and humans could have more trust between them. So she spits me out an answer, which in reality is very subjective. It was obviously taken from information that was someone's ideas behind this, and she presents it to me as if it's a fact, right? She didn't say, well, this is what 
Bill Gates, Peter Thiel, and Elon Musk said at a conference, or this is DARPA's goals, she's just saying, okay, this is how it's done, right? So for someone who's been dumbed down and walks around uh, with the IQ of of a plantain, uh, you know, they would just accept that as truth, not realizing that Glenda took that and compiled it from various subjective viewpoints or mission statements from within companies or uh, governmental agencies. All right, it says, well, chat GPT steal our jobs. The jobs that AI tools like chat GPT could disrupt include repetitive or routine tasks that can be easily automated, including data entry and processing, simple customer service roles, and certain kinds of content creation. All right, so it'll start taking out the customer service reps, uh, data entry folks, uh, and then eventually it's going to take out the creatives because uh, creating a logo in, in the mind of the technocracy where art and literature and music are no longer needed it's going to treat that as just a streamlined system on a manufacturing line, an assembly line. So rather than someone like me going through the process of developing the logo, the AI will do it. Here's five versions, pick two. Here's five more versions, pick two. Here's three more versions, pick one. Let's refine. Right? They'll just streamline that process. It says the World Economic Forum Future of Jobs reports estimated in 2020 that while 85 million jobs may be displaced by AI and robotics by 2025, another 97 million jobs may emerge from these changes. Right, may emerge, may emerge. And so what they're saying is the jobs that emerge will be that you get to go to school to learn how to program AI which eventually will be replaced uh, through programs like what they're doing with OpenAI's Codex. However, this disruption will not be equal with lower wage workers, women, and younger people more deeply impacted. So they're going to take out the uh, poor first. First ones to go on universal basic income. But don't worry, that'll be managed by AI. It says, quote, ChatGPT is unlikely to put any creative professionals out of work anytime soon. The tech isn't yet fit. Uh, for that purpose, yet, yet, end quote, says uh, Gina Neff, executive director of the Mindaroo Center for Technology and Democracy. Uh, quote, AI is more likely to change what we do in our jobs rather than eliminate lots of different jobs, end quote, she said, adding that jobs will shift from around new and emerging technologies without being disrupted completely. <laughs> What do creative people think of the threats posed by ChatGPT? Singer Nick Cave responding to a song written by ChatGPT, quote, in the style of Nick Cave, end quote, dismissed it as a, quote, grotesque mockery of what it is to be human, end quote. That's good. That's good. And, and we, we're going to need the artists to fight back, folks. The voiceover artists, the narrators, the actors, the illustrators, uh, all these folks are going to have to stand up. I mean, humans are going to have to unionize, ladies and gentlemen. Why are AI companies being sued? A group of visual artists last week sued AI companies Stability AI, MidJourney, and DeviantArt for copyright infringement, saying their work was used without permission to train AI tools. Getty Images has also initiated legal proceedings against Stability AI for allegedly copying millions of its images. 
A similar class action lawsuit was filed last year against Microsoft-owned GitHub for scraping code from the internet without permission in order to train OpenAI's tools. While copyright material may have been inputted to train an AI, if the result is transformative, then firms might be within their rights under fair use copyright law, said Nick White, an intellectual property and digital specialist at law firm Charles Ruchel, uh, Russell Speechley's. The law allows people to use copyrighted material to generate new content or to comment on it, such as in YouTube videos. However, areas like code are a legal gray area as the AI does not provide attribution. But here's the thing. Uh, if you were a coder, and you were looking for similar code on a website, you'd open up your Chrome or in the old days, Firefox, and you could click and you can see the code. You copy code, you'd modify code. If you're someone writing a book, you're getting information from other books and then you're putting your ideas together from a variety of books and then writing your own book. They're going to claim that's what AI is doing. Uh, Quote, my gut feeling is that the outcome of these cases will grant some protection to originators of copyright works, end quote, White said. Quote, but there's a whole spectrum of infringement from production of work that is identical to work that has no similarity whatsoever. And I think it is possible we have many more cases, end quote. All right, so that gives you an idea, just a basic idea of chat GPT and, and what's going on here. And I talked about this in the beginning, about the copyright issues that are going to go on. And, and let's say, for instance, I create that, uh, the little boy character we're talking about, right? I create that character. And in reality, it was compiled from 27 images that chat GPT or open AI's system was pulling from to create it and combine it. Let's say it was a photo of some boy it took off of Getty images or in Vato, or iStock photo. Let's say it was, I don't know, a, a, a backpack company, if the kid's wearing a backpack, whatever it may be. Finds 27 images, it combines it. Now, when these companies sue, if they ever get to the point of discovery, they're going to be able to hold up a single image and say, we want to know every image that went into designing this. Now, I bet you, uh, on the back end of the platform, OpenAI can see that if all this is done through kind of a blockchain model, they'll see what actually created it and they'll have the code. Uh, now, you as the person who created it, let's say you went on mid-journey, you created an image, you're paying for your subscription, so therefore you get access to use that and resell it. So you go on Etsy and you set up an account and you sell that as a poster. Now, later on down the line, are you going to get sued? Well, first off, you didn't even pull the 27 images. You don't know where they came from. Now, if you as a graphic designer go online and you take a copyrighted image from Google Images of, I don't know, Christopher Walken, and you use that as the basis for some poster you designed that you then sell on Etsy, you didn't change it enough. You didn't use it as a reference to recreate a whole new poster. You just took the Christopher Walken and put a filter over the top of it. Uh, then the person, the photographer who owns the copyright to the Christopher Walken photo is going to sue you. They're going to end up going to a copyright court. And they're going to show, here's my image. The guy took it. 
And basically what he did is he just put a filter on it in Photoshop and then he resold it as a poster. You're going to get in trouble. How are these companies that own the rights to all these images that OpenAI is scraping for training going to prove that a particular image was created using their art or their photograph? And then is the person who generated it, like myself, let's say, also going to get in trouble? Who knows? Who knows, folks? You know what I think? I think we bring in Peter Thiel with his company, DoNotPay.com, the AI robot lawyer, and we let the robot lawyers fight this out in court. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a complete and total mess. We have this layer of technocracy now coding the whole physical world, coding the earth. And there's going to be all types of problems as we move from the third industrial era, you know, where humans fought it out in court with each other, with lawyers, into the fourth industrial era where the robots are fighting it out in court over what robot images were created by what robot and who's responsible and what AI. This is the world we live in. It's going to be confusing. It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be one giant headache, ladies and gentlemen. So I want you to think about this tonight, because tomorrow we're going to start to break down how all this AI stuff actually works. I'm going to talk about whether or not you can put this to use for you in the short term. Can you make some money off this stuff so that you can run to the hills and start your homestead because that's my plan ladies and gentlemen and i want to share that information with you i will be back tomorrow for episode 163 ladies and gentlemen please leave us a five-star review at apple Podcasts along with a comment think about joining pain.tv slash gold throw in a few bucks folks i know times are tough But they're tough for everyone. And I sit here, I put this together for you. If every one of you join pain.tv slash gold, or if everyone went over to donorbox.org slash Dustin Gold Show and committed to $10 or $20 a month, then uh, I would have no worries over here. The show would be paying my bills, and then everything else I'd be able to put directly into the Homestead Fund. So if you're gaining value, if you're learning stuff from me, If I'm providing you with information that's helping you in your life, help you make better decisions, help you plan for the future, then please, it's like giving me a tip. If I came to your table and I provided you exceptional service and the chef did a great job and the food was fantastic, I would say to you guys, come on, man, fork over that money. I grew up working in restaurants, so I understand the value of tips, folks. And uh, when I go out to eat, I've done this my whole life, whether I was out to eat at a fancy place with corporate entertainment or I go out to a little place downtown with Maggie once in a while. I'm one of these guys, short of the waiter being horrible, uh, I tip 25%. So please think about leaving a tip over there, donorbox.org slash Dustin Gold Show. Every little bit counts, folks. I don't work for free. Well, I do work for free, but I don't want to work for free. So, ladies and gentlemen, please think about doing that. I will see you tomorrow. Episode 163. My name is Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. 
You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold.